Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Yeah, hello. How's it going, Derek? <laughs> Not too bad, man. It's going really good. Excellent. We're getting more snow. Oh, I know. They're talking quite a bit over uh, the next few days, mm-hmm. and uh, so, so yeah, it's uh, well, that's exciting. Yeah. It, 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 I, I, uh, so PA day was on Monday, and so I took the day off, took the kids skiing. Lots of snow at the hill because of the last snowfall. So this will make things skiing better for uh, for the local hills. Yay. Yeah. Because uh, where I am is Brimacombe, and it's notoriously bad for, for weather. If you don't have low temperatures, it's uh, kind of crappy. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, conditions are great. We had a lot of fun. I'm so sore this week. Like my shoulders, my legs. And then I asked my uh, my 11- and 8-year-old, yeah, how are you guys feeling? You guys sore? No, why? It's like, oh. Because dad's old. <laughs> I'm old. I'm sore. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was a, it was a fun week. I got, And uh, it's been a, like two, three years since I had them out skiing, so it was like learning from scratch again, but they picked it up really quick. They Lots should allow full contact skiing. <laughs> you know, it does come close sometimes. Depending on the school level, the people on the hill, I, I, I have to keep my uh, head on a swivel to to kind of, if, if somebody's heading for Beckett because he's the worst skier, I have to get ready to tackle people to make sure that they don't accidentally run them over. Well, <laughs> that and toboggans or what, what are those oh. little sleds? The GT Snow the Racers. The GT Snow Racers. So you got Wouldn't skiers going boost? down and then all of a sudden out of the blue, someone on a GT Snow Racer runs you down. Yeah. Or a toboggan. Like you could soup these things up. That'd two great, people. Wouldn't that be a great two sport? Two people on GT snow racers with a rope going between them, and you can be taking people out with a rope. Yeah. New extreme. <laughs> Where's Red Bull when you really need them? Full we got an idea skiing. for you guys. How <laughs> yeah, about the extreme games, eh? Can you imagine taking a crazy carpet down a ski hill? Like, and not the bunny run either. <laughs> no. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Woohoo. I'd want to see that. Wouldn't say I want to participate in it, but I want yeah. to see that full. Con- uh, there was a little video a couple of years back, full contact bowling. <laughs> so, oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, so some guy's about to. I guess if he gets the strike, he wins. So, so he's about to launch the ball, and somebody tackles him, so the ball goes bouncing over a couple different. Oh lanes. no! It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, what, so what, other than that, what you been up to? Oh, you know, not too much. Just it's been busy, and I can't remember what was I was going to mention. I, I got distracted by my skiing stories. I got the halls I can think of skiing now. Oh, you were going to talk about uh, oh. canoe trips. Oh, yeah, we've uh, and it's and maybe some of the listeners can suggest areas, but uh, like there's there's uh, some trips that I've been planning, and and with the conditions out there in the world today with COVID, there's some of the northern communities don't want people entering into their areas, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of a, a couple decent trips this year. Like there's a couple big ones that have been suggested to me, which uh, one of this, one of the, one of them is Wabakimi, but uh, I, I just don't feel ready for a big trip like that this year, but I'm, it's uh, it's two weeks and I'm limited in vacation. And, uh, and otherwise I was like, there were a couple of ideas were kind of banging around is, uh, one is uh, Moose River to Moosey Moose Factory, which you did in 2019, I think. Yeah, we were talking about that last week about. Yeah, probably that not one, a good idea. That, I think that's a bad idea just because of the current climate, and uh, so it's um, now I'm thinking maybe if we stick to some local closer places that are kind of off the beaten track, like you know some some deep areas of Algonquin Park and maybe up north in. Uh, like uh, Obabaka and Tamagami and Solace Lands and stuff like that. So we're we're kind of there's I'm working with like three different groups of people right now trying to figure out where we might end up going, right? So yeah, that, so, that's uh, just, that's what we're doing as well right now. We've got I've got about four different groups that want to go out this year and starting in uh, May June and going yeah. through into October November, right? Uh, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're just at that point now where we're like, here's the map, let's throw a dart and okay, that looks good. We'll, we'll go there. But I think a lot of it's going to be like Tamagami and Algonquin, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Exactly. So, and what we're thinking is, uh, and, and more and more so, is uh, we need to plan a trip and a route that's off the beaten track, away from the crowds, that we avoid northern communities. We're not entering into areas like, uh, I, I don't want to go into Quebec. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. no northern communities in Ontario. So I'm thinking just keeping it local and, and off the beaten track and just kind of have fun that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what this is going to be this year is just go out and do your trips, have some fun, get away from everybody and, you know, yeah. relax, a lot a lot of relaxation and just yeah get rid of the stress. Like we're not going to plan, yeah, and we're not planning any elaborate trips because, like, we we had, yeah, last year we thought that things were improving and so we were talking of uh, me and the wife and kids going to, uh, like, uh, Boundary Waters. And uh, so remember when we interviewed... Uh, um, Louisa, mm-hmm. and so she had talked about her Boundary Waters trip, and I thought, oh, that's it. That's 2022. We're going to go there for two weeks. Going to do the Boundary Waters. You know, we'll camp at Superior Provincial Park on the way up, and uh, some other place on the way back because it's a two-way, two-day trip either way because of uh, because of the kids. And it's like, oh, that's it. That's it. I've nailed it. Thanks, Louisa. Uh, but now it's like, no. I don't want to plan anything elaborate where you're coming into contact where you're, you know, maybe renting a canoe or going into areas, you know, coming across crowds. I'm just going to, I just want to get off into the woods where nobody goes and just keep it quiet. Now, were you thinking Boundary Waters or Quetico? Uh, Quetico. Yeah. Quetico. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where she was, right? Yeah. 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 Did I say Boundary Waters? You said Boundary Waters, just because we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think a lot of people are trying to stay away from big crowded locations, but uh, it's going to be tough unless you go at least three to four hours away from here. Yeah, and and really, honestly, it's it's not that I'm afraid of coming across people. It's it's the fact that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that have a lot of spare time in their hands and they can't do their normal stuff, like you know fly to Europe or fly to Mexico or do whatever. So they're they're going camping. So you have a lot of newbies and yahoos off in the backcountry, and I want to avoid those kinds of people. So I need to find some place that's remote. Oh, so you want a non-newbie, non-yahoo trip. <laughs> yes, ideal, yeah. yeah. Well, good luck. Well, we, we will be the yahoos, but we won't be newbies. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, so it's, that's... it's one of those things. We're just trying to come up with ideas. We're spitballing it, and, and, and nobody can really agree on one guaranteed thing. And I can't do a lot of time or big trips just because I, I'm very limited on vacation this year. And so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, one of those things, right? Might take Trace on a fly-in trip. Do it. Yeah. And so those that, that gets you away from the crowds. If you so now, granted, some flying trips do get you into areas where there's a lot of charters and stuff like that, but they keep themselves and and they like people leaving them alone. So it's not like you're going to come across them, right? Some mm-hmm. of these northern arid lakes where there's like uh, you know these flying fishing camps and stuff like that. But uh, it's like yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of areas like uh, woodland caribou. There's a lot of flying areas there. That's probably going to be popular with uh, the American crowd and so on, but oh, yeah. you just find an area that's that's remote. That's like, uh, I remember going past Nikina. It's a big fly-in place. And like every license plate was from the States. Yeah. Because yes. they lo- they just love coming up and, and, and seeing it. Yeah, you know what? If they're able to come up this way and uh, get to see some of this stuff, more power. A lot of fishermen, they love to go up there fishing. But I mean, who doesn't, yes. right? Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, yep. speaking of boundary waters, yes, Biden administration this week, they withdrew the leases for that controversial mine that, uh, has been bopping around for ages. The 2016 Obama administration determined it would not renew the leases, but they were supposed to be doing some scientific research first. Yes. Environmental studies. Yeah. And then 2018, Trump said, forget that, we're reinstating the leases. And yes. now Biden has withdrawn the leases and October announced that it's seeking a 20-year moratorium on mining in that area. 
and I think this is now. Uh, you know, I'm not anti-business or anti-mining or anything. It's uh, it's you know, people make their choices and you do what you do. But uh, I agree with this choice, and it's. I think they need time to really realize the potential damage to these areas. Like this is a gigantic watershed, and in a time where fresh water is becoming more and more precious, I think we really need to kind of weigh off the. Uh, you know, determine what's better. Do we really need all these metals mined, or should we really start preserving the uh, the watersheds that uh, that or the, in in boundary waters? There's a lot of there's a lot of important watersheds, and I th- I think we need a little bit more time to think about that. If they decide to start mining it again in 20 years, that's the decision they make. But I think they need to really take a slow long look at it to make sure that it's the right decision mm-hmm. because regardless of the tourist draw i think we really need to think about the fresh water needs of of our growing populations right well opponents of the mine argue that the copper nickel mines um like the one proposed are notorious for pollution and yes. those for the mine are saying it's going to bring all these needed jobs to the to the region so you can see both sides of it Absolutely, but yeah. The mining leases are located along the southwest border of Boundary Waters, and that's the site of uh, that. That's just north of the Laurentian Divide, which means all rivers and streams of the watershed they flow north from there. So if there's any pollution from the mine, it's going to sail right into the, the all the the lakes, rivers, and everything that make up Boundary Waters. Yeah, right into the Great Lakes. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's, which it's, is a huge source of fresh water for. For millions and millions of people. Yeah, so it's it's not like it's going to flow out the other way. It's going right into no. the boundary waters. So that's yeah. why you sort of got to step back and go, you know what? But, of course, uh, the mining company, Twin Metals, is going to challenge it and say, you know. Um, Which is, they're right. They're, yeah. they're, they're trying to, they're thinking the economics. They've already got millions of dollars invested. And uh, so they're trying to save that investment. But, uh I just think it's the wrong time until we really have an idea of of the damage, the potential damages. Because they never did do the environmental studies that was required for for mining in these areas. Because uh, back in 2016, it was uh, no, we're not going to renew the leases. And then it was decided in 2018, yes, we will reinstate the leases, and we will not require an environmental study. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's there's lots of arguments on all sides, but. Uh, I really think we need to take the slow road when it comes to these sensitive areas with uh, fresh water and, you know, the, the forested areas and watersheds and so on, right? Yeah. Um, so Minnesota, most of the public opposes the mine. Statewide poll found that 60% of uh, the, those polled oppose a mine near the federally protected uh, wilderness, while 22% support it. Mm-hmm. So it's there's got to be there's got to be less sensitive areas to do mining. And I don't know if this is a particularly uh, metal rich area, but uh, it doesn't. Uh, I, I, there's got to be other areas that are not as sensitive to uh, you know the the uh, the damaging the freshwater areas like, as this location is. Right? Yeah, it makes it makes you wonder because this is the only mining. Uh, project that that you hear about in this area so is it just this one spot where they have their claim and or is there other areas around that that no one's touching and right now it's not it's not like we're in desperate need of this the specific metals they can get from the area you can what it is it's it's a monetary and and economical decision and so these these mines, these uh, mining companies, they have they they have a vested interest because they've already spent a lot of money mm-hmm. in the development. And so it's uh, it, the the in my opinion, it's uh, based on uh, a monetary background of why they want to do this, and was which is not the right footing you want to be starting on when you're deciding to uh, mine these areas. Yeah. You know, if if it comes down to it, like maybe in a hundred years from now, and and they've determined a way to mine cleaner, then fine, go get the metals then. But right now, I don't think technology will permit them to mine cleanly without uh, contaminating the watershed into the Great Lakes. 
Yeah, because what are they saying? They use part of their process is uh, dumping uh, sulfuric acid into into it all, and yeah, if they can get out of that, <laughs> you know, it's not just yeah. digging a hole here. You know, no, it's, exactly. It's, so it's, it's all the processing. Uh, it's exactly the processing to make the uh, the metals pre- precipitate out of the uh, out of the dirt and and whatever the you know just to make it congeal and come together. So it's uh, it's all of the chemical processes that's required in mining. Well. Because of Biden right now, Boundary Waters is protected, at least for now. Yeah. This is just the latest so, chapter in... Exactly. So we've talked about this before. I don't think we need to hammer on it anymore. No. But it's just that flip-flop, flip-flop, back and forth as uh, as various uh, governmental factions kind of make the argument back and forth about whether to or not to mine yeah. in this sensitive watershed. Like I say, there's just an update on the latest chapter, so... Mm-hmm. Um, Abu Dhabi. Okay, Abu Dhabi. That sounds like desert. Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Did you know that, that it is a deserts? popular kayaking is a popular winter activity there? You're going to make me have to go look at a map because I'm. Unfortunately, no, it's desert. There's desert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's going through stuff here. Uh, kayaking is a popular winter activity in the uh, UAE, and enthusiasts particularly enjoy the scenic routes created by the lush mangrove forests along coastlines. What? Yeah, when you start, when you're starting to think. I mean, apparently, my geography from grade whatever is right out the window because I don't remember lots of, uh, I, I got, yeah, like you say, I got to look at maps again too. So, yeah, but anyway, their environment sector regulator, the environment agency, Abu Dhabi, the EAD, they're now urging kayakers to protect one of their most important natural ecos- ecosystems while they're out paddling. They say, take a scenic ride through the natural landscape but be sure to follow the do's and don'ts to ensure you are keeping our environment safe. Kayakers must not litter or disturb wildlife, uh, the, the uh, environment agency cautions. Mangroves are known to protect coasts from erosion. They also play a key role in carbon capture. I did not know that. And are home to many types of birds and animals. That I did know. In order to protect the ecological areas, they've urged the following measures. And they come up with the do's and don'ts, which are pretty much um, self-explanatory. So, do respect the serenity of the natural wonder. Navigate carefully and slowly. Pick up any trash along the way and throw it in an appropriate waste bin. So, even if it's not yours, they're saying, hey, you know what? Just pick it up, throw it in your your kayak, and when you get back to shore throw it in the garbage so this is interesting i'm mangrove national park in abu dhabi it's it's uh it's a large mangrove area salt water quite a ways inland from the ocean or sea or <laughs> it um it is a really nice area there's a lot of uh there's a lot of mangrove forests, a lot of streams and inland waterways. See, I so I see that. what they're looking at. Yeah. This is really beautiful. Well, and they say in their don'ts list, don't get too close to the wildlife, which leads me to think, well, I, I got to think there's birds and stuff like that, but are we in yeah. the alligator, crocodile sort of <laughs> uh, range again here? Uh, you sprung this on me. I haven't been able to do research. Like, I don't do- know what kind of animal life is here. Do but not I'm, disturb I'm, or feed any animals, and do not leave any mess behind. Which is, so that's a fair statement for no matter where you go. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at satellite images of the uh, the uh, Mangrove uh, National Park. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, I would paddle here in a heartbeat. Abu Dhabi, really... you wouldn't think that's like a kayaking mm-hmm. popularity spot, right? Yeah. Apparently it is. So 
It's really, really nice. It's it's west of Dubai. Yeah. And east of Qatar. And if there's a lot of low water areas, and but there's it's a high population area as well, very dense. So this has been just off of the off on the seacoast is uh, the Mangrove National Park. What a nice area. Yeah. Huh. Okay, that's where I'm going to go this year. That's where, that's where I'm going this year for my trip. There's your trip, Abu Dhabi. Huh. I'm going to need a folding kayak. Nah, just maybe an oru or something. I'm sure you can make him rent one there. <laughs> oh, this is nice. Lots of images, too. Oh, yeah? Wait, did you just Google yeah. the Mangrove uh, National Forest? Uh, I, I Googled uh, Abu Dhabi and just right off the coast off of Zone 1. I don't know. That's call it Zone 1. But anyways, just off of Zone 1 is uh, is the Mangrove National Park. It's huge. It's very massive. I think you should go. I'm going to go. Book a flight now. <laughs> Forget going north. That's really nice. You're heading to the sands. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have to do some more research into oh, that place. Now I know. Yeah. Well, like I say, I came across cool. this article talking about Abu Dhabi and kayak, and I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let's stay over on that side of the planet, shall we? Okay. Uh, United Utilities in Britain is apparently banning paddleboarding, stand-up paddleboarding, at 165 reservoirs across the Northwest. Define reservoir. Are they hydroelectric projects, or is this just uh, uh, no? It's uh, like reservoirs drinking water reservoirs. Fresh... Yeah. So, drinking water reservoirs for yeah. for public consumption. Yeah. Uh, British canoeing has criticized the decision, you know, to ban it, of course. Uh, the water company says the move has been done with safety in mind, saying paddleboarding often results in time spent in the water, exposing users to associated risks. Well, duh. <laughs> British canoeing well, says it fundamentally disagrees yeah. with that assessment. You're technically in the water, but maybe just about your hips and butt down. It's, or if uh, you fall in, if you're kayaking and you're rolling, if you're sure. in a stand-up paddleboard, you fall off. Yeah, but that's just part of the fun. Well, that's not according to them. <laughs> well, so, it is according to British Canoeing because they they say, wait a sec. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, of course, British Canoeing is disappointed to, to learn that they're closing 165 of their 170 sites. Huh. And they've released a so statement. They said, so they said you go to five of them, but not the other 165 of them. Yeah, they said they're, they're still permitted in five locations where it's currently allowed under the terms of an existing lease. And the company, the United uh, Utilities, they're satisfied that it's acceptable in this location and that appropriate risk assessments have been undertaken and safeguards are in place. So at five of the 170, <laughs> only five of the 170 are, they've taken um, um, appropriate risk assessments. I wonder if this has to do with water protection, water quality protection, or if they're looking at, there, there's several ways you could look at this. It's like, are they trying to protect water quality? Are they trying to avoid any uh, any liabilities where you I think you it's the liability thing. Because yeah. says one of our top priorities is the safety of customers, including those who visit our recreational sites. Um, we have a very clear policy that we do not allow swimming in our reservoirs, which are operational assets. So they're 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 working right. They can have strong currents, hidden machinery, steep sides, and very cold water that can cause cold water shock, which can result in drowning. Sadly, there have been fatalities in our reservoirs. So I think you're hitting it on the button there because they said, unfortunately, over the last decade, eight people have drowned at our locations and our continuing focus has been on helping to prevent any more deaths in the reservoirs that we own. So it sounds like there's a large proportion or a large percentage of them saying, hey, this is a liability. We need to protect ourselves. But I think in in, in my gut is telling me that this is also to protect the water quality because they don't want people swimming or paddling. And so maybe it's, there's enough people that have been entering these areas that they're wondering, 
can is this is this really safe to? But you know the way the filtration goes down. No peeing in the pool. No peeing. No peeing in the pool or the reservoir. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's the British canoeing saying we do not believe that this uh, unilateral action is justified. While we recognize the hazards associated with open bodies of water. Uh, with cold water and with operational assets, we still believe stand-up paddleboarding presents no greater risk to participants than activities already permitted on United Utilities assets. Hmm. So now, so they're saying no to all all paddling but five sports. Well, see, that's no, all... that's it. They're just saying stand-up paddleboarding. So what about canoeing and kayaking? They haven't mentioned any of that. So they but don't want I gotta think or stand up paddle boarders. Well, stand up paddle boarders are a no go. They, they but specifically mentioned swimmers too. Swimmer, there's yeah. They say swimming's never been allowed. So yeah. technically, stand up paddle boarding, you're not swimming. Huh. But now they're saying. Well, so I don't know if people just aren't good you are. taking their yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you stand up paddle boarding? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, that's like it's my, seventy thirty. That's what I say. People like say seventy percent of the time in the water, thirty percent of them on the sand paddleboard. Yeah. People ask me, "Do you play golf?" Well, if what I considered golf, would I do consider golf? Then yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Others would disagree. But uh, the United Utilities says uh, we're aware of the growing interest in paddleboarding and other water sports, with the desire of people to find areas of open water to participate in these activities. And there's many locations across the region where this can be done. And we want to be clear that we do not consider operational assets such as reservoirs to be the most suitable place for the activities. Yeah. I think it's just partly covering your own butts and partly making sure there's no other accidents and people aren't dying. Yeah. And a small part water quality. Yeah, six. Uh, yeah, six of one half dozen the other. Yeah. So don't paddle here. Don't pee in our pool, and don't die. <laughs> no, I can see their point. Yep, so I can too. That's what's happening over there right now. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Let's, <laughs> Are we still over there? Let's take a little side trip to Scotland, shall we? Okay. Yeah, not that much farther away. Yeah, this this is apparently is our uh, European uh, tour. Our European tour. <laughs> our European our tour. European week. tour of paddle podcasting. <laughs> so we've been talking for years now about the benefits of getting out on the water, getting in touch with nature, de-stressing. Uh, what's what's the one they say? Drop the drama, get in touch with the mama, or something like that. Getting getting out in Mother Nature. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. And, um, so we've been talking about that for ages. Get out on the water, stress-free, you relax, you come back refreshed, the whole deal, right? So, uh, the Scotland, Police Scotland have taken part in water sports as part of a drive to improve mental health and resilience in the force and to de-stress the police from life on the job. Their officers have been taking part in kayaking and paddleboarding, what's being termed as Blue Health Plan, to boost well-being and mental health across the force. Now, I I couldn't quite understand fully how it's being, because they talk about it as part of their duties, right? Classes are being undertaken in conjunction uh, with the NHS, which is Scotland's, I guess, health system. National Health Service. Yeah, as part of the... Duties and after successful pilot project, the well-being activities have been given a green light to be rolled out across the country. So I'm not sure, like you know, you're out doing your job and patrolling your area or whatever for you know six hours, and then you head head over somewhere and do some paddleboarding, and then head back to your car and finish your shift or something. I I, I really didn't get the how it works. But yeah. that sort of sounds like what's happening. Huh. So yeah, because it's it's not clear to me. Like, a, are they paying officers to? I don't think they're paying officers to paddle on shift. I think they're encouraging people. Okay, in your off hours, this is what we want you to do. This is part of 
But yeah, there might might be some support there with uh, with uh, you know equipment and whatever. It's so it sounds like it's they're really keying into hey, this uh, make you guys mentally happy and healthy. Yeah, but no, I think this is on the job. You this, think it's on this, the sound, job? this sounds like during regular business hours. Huh. Um, so would they be? Would they? Would they be patrolling the water? Maybe. <laughs> like, do you have bicycle cops and you have kayak cops and you have stand-up paddleboard cops? Maybe. So it's going to be hard on a. Can you imagine how hard that will be on your equipment and you know your radio and your 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 if you uh, fall in. <laughs> so, uh, Director of Public Health Dr. Tim Allison said, "Paddle well is an innovative pilot." to support police officers in their journey towards better well-being and managing day-to-day stresses and strains through the water-based activities and paddleboarding and kayaking. It's yeah. an example of blue health, which is based on the premise that being in or around water is good for our health and well-being, which we've been saying forever, and we're not even doctors, but we play yeah. one on the radio. <laughs> the report said the sessions were designed to explore four mental health strategies including mindfulness and peer support. So basically the activity enables an officer to partner up with one of his colleagues um, as a paddle at paddleboarding and, and then kayaking activities with a chance for them to discuss the positive effects of the activities in after class debriefs. It was found that those who took part reported increased contentment in self and helped them better bond with peers. So, I mean, they're, they're finding there is something to it, right? Yeah. Uh, they went on to say, it was clear there was a shift in the participants' feelings of well-being and resilience. And the police Scotland said the Paddlewell Initiative was inspired by the Devon and Cornwall Surfwell Program. So this isn't, this is, isn't new. It's just new to Scotland. Yeah. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So uh, the chief superintendent, Conrad Trickett, said many officers are exposed to high levels of trauma during their careers, and the scheme goes away to help combat mental health concerns. Ultimately, I want to provide the time and space for officers who have struggled with their mental health and well-being to explore a unique, unique way of dealing with those challenges. Because I guess like a lot of you see it, TV shows and stuff like that is like, yeah, go sit in, in front of a, a psychiatrist and chit chat and whatever. But this sort of gets them out there, gets them calm, gets them, you know, feeling metal, me- yeah. mellow and works through their sort of stuff, huh. has some fun, gets away from the job, that sort of thing. Right. But it, it sounds like it's during their shift, maybe at the end of their shift or the beginning of their shift, maybe, or something like that. It's supposed to be hard to encourage like you, you wouldn't be as successful in an operation if you're saying, "Hey, do it while you're off hours." Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I've got other stuff to do. I've got projects, and I've got hobbies. Exactly. It's like, well, no, do it during your work hours. It's like, so you have a, you know, a twelve-hour workday. Two of them will be paddling. I don't know. Like, I, I'm gonna have to look into this because it's, uh, it seems kind of. Because Derek's like, gonna become I, a scop, cop in Scotland now. <laughs> <laughs> After well, he know, comes back from Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> from the perspective of uh, a police officer it's uh i think this is uh, this is huge but uh from the perspective of a taxpayer it's like hey i'm paying these guys to go paddling well if so, it stops them from wailing on your melon with their stick <laughs> yes yes then yeah know, do oh. they, do they <laughs> are police it. armed in scotland I know they're not armed in in Britain in London. Yeah, and I don't think what so. Not in maybe I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I've never actually been. So Alan Drummond would yeah. be able to tell us because Lord knows he goes over there a lot, and I'm sure he's been arrested at least six, seven times. And how many times have he said to us, "Hey, if you had called me, I would have come on and talked about it." Okay, well, wait, Alan, <laughs> are you there? <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. My name is Alan. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll tell us. We'll have to. He'll or he'll post it on. Uh, yeah, underneath our episode on our Facebook page. <laughs> you saying, guys, <laughs> no, they don't carry guns. And I have not been arrested eight times. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> this is nine. They carry a bagpipe in one hand and a, and a baton in the other. That's right. 
<laughs> and they got a haggis in their backpack. Yes. <laughs> oh, good times. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick uh, break here, and we come back. We got uh, we'll we'll back we'll we're going to come back to North America after the break. Sound like a plan? Oh, there we go. All righty, we'll be right back. Long after flight. This. Be right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I was happening while we were on break there. I sent Alan a quick text. Uh, <laughs> beat cops do not carry weapons, but uh, special squads do. Uh, he says he's never been arrested, but he's been questioned once. And I'm calling BS on that. I'm going with my original. He's been arrested eight times. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's a quite a questionable guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like just a quick break and uh, info session with Alan because normally he uh, he sends us a message after if you guys had just asked me, <laughs> I could have called in. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, so we're gonna come back to North America for a moment before heading back out around the other side of the planet. Where to go river rafting in Michigan in the winter? Oh. In the it, wait, winter. In, in the winter. In the winter. So isn't that, isn't, isn't that the, like hard water season? Not everywhere. There are some rivers no. that don't freeze over. Like what, Niagara Falls? Yeah. Niagara Falls, Michigan. Have you never been there? <laughs> <laughs> but that's some really fast moving water. Yeah, just think of the speed you'll get. So no, there's they, they, I'll give you some uh, some places you can look at later, but okay. if you're if you're looking to shake off the winter blues, try something new, that sort of stuff. Uh, winter river rafting. So there's there's it's available on a handful of Michigan's rivers, right? Now that they're, mm-hmm. they're not trying to get out there and do the white water because in the middle of winter that's just foolish. Uh, people coming to get out there for the day, no one's all gonna you know everybody's not gonna have their um, dry suits and all that sort of stuff. But where they're talking is nice rivers, flat water, has a bit of current in them so that you can, you know, boogie down. So you're, you're paddling. It's not like, you know, you can float some, but it's more geared on scenery. Cause you know, after snow, okay. the snow, all the trees are covered and, in snow off the, off the branches and all that sort of stuff. And it's, you know, the winter wonderland sort of magical, serene scenery, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I actually was looking at some Instagram pictures of that today where I think it was in Japan and a snowfall had come through and everything was beautifully white colored, all the branches and twigs and everything. Yeah. Some nice pictures. So that's what they're trying to um, get people into doing. So yeah, don't if if you think oh yeah we're going to white water in in the middle of winter. Well that yeah that's yeah that's a whole different group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people that want to stay dry, line four, you know, start start a line over here, please. Uh, but that's what it is. It's 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 you're above the water line. You're staying that way. You're you're not getting wet. Uh, many first timers main concern is whether they're going to risk getting wet while out in the cold temperatures. They say, don't need to, you don't need to worry about that. The rafts sit high out of the water. They keep paddlers dry. Speed is slow paced with an emphasis on soaking up the scenery and watching for wildlife. 
All ages activity requires no prior experience, making it a memorable activity for a family or friends group. A quick tip of what to wear. Think water repellent boots and clothing, like snow pants and a ski jacket to stay dry from dripping. Yeah, because, I mean, there's going to be dripping paddles and stuff like that. You're not going to stay, you know, you'll, you'll stay dry, but you're still around water, right? Yeah. Um, trips are generally kept on the shorter side, so you won't get too cold, but you should still dress in warm layers. And there's actually four, um, places in Michigan that offer guided winter rafting trips. Uh, they say, be sure to call or visit the website websites for rates, rafting times, and to make reservations, which are almost always required. And this sounds pretty, pretty cool to do. Cause like, like okay. you say, I mean, in the summer year, you want to get wet cause it's hot, right? So yeah. you're going through these big rapids and stuff like that. But in the middle of winter, so are they totally different? So just water repellent boots and clothing. Yeah. You said. Yeah. So they're not in dry suits. No, 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 no. You bring your own water repellent clothing. So like okay. if, if you're going out uh, tobogganing for the day, right? What yeah. are you going to wear? Where's, yeah. Well, snow pants and winter yeah. jacket and gloves, yeah. mitts, toque. Because when the water from the snow melts on that, it, it repels the water and you stay sure. you stay dry and warm. Unless you're Derek who, you know. Because <laughs> we, so que- we question this- Derek some days. <laughs> so, but there's no splash zones. Or like we're no. talking, uh, no. it's just sort of a fast running river that won't freeze, but we're not talking white water. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, nice slow play. Like I say, it's just, uh, hey, Grandma, you'd want to go for a paddle? Oh. We'll just go and we'll enjoy the scenery. We'll, oh, look, there's a deer, Grandma. Oh, look, look, look at the fox over there. Oh, would you like, see, would you like a spot of tea, there? Grandma? Yes, Grandma, would you like a spot of tea? Let me put the old Victrola on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 not a, it's not like running the Grand Canyon. Nothing, not even yeah, close yeah. to that, right? So, uh, the Sturgeon River Paddle Sports, based in Sturgeon River, on the Sturgeon River in Wolverine, Michigan. They offer scenic floats. For more information, go to sturgeonriverpaddle.com. There's the Pine River Paddle Sports Center in Wellston. Trips include a popular optional two-mile hike along a beautiful stretch of the Pine River. Uh, more information at thepineriver.com. Then there's Jordan Valley Outfitters in East Jordan. Leads winter rafting trips through Jordan River Valley in northern lower Michigan. And you can find them at jvoutfitters.com. And the last one I have here is Big Bear Adventures located in the northern lower peninsula. Northern Lower Peninsula. Oh. Uh, paddle along the scenic Sturgeon River for more information. BigBearAdventures.com. That'd be cool to do something like that, though. Yeah, I'm just I'm Googling some of these rivers trying to figure out how they have such fast water and such well, cold areas. Well, fast enough so that they don't freeze, right? Yeah. But not fast, fast. Not super duper fast. I found a restaurant called the Thirsty Sturgeon. Nah, Sturgeon River Paddle. Right yeah, on the Sturgeon in, River. near uh, Wolverine, uh, Michigan. Well, yeah. there's Wolverine High School. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a little farther away from that. <laughs> anyway, Google that later. Google that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. You know what? Like, we're finding all these things now we could do, but they're always like across the border and stuff, right? I know the border's got to open up, and and this COVID thing's got to go away. Yeah, it's it's too hard just to even go across the border for a day. I know. Yeah, we get we need to have a teams meeting with uh, with John Van Berger. We have to get together and do some paddling and have some beers and cheese and and hey, John, how's it been for the last two years? Yeah, I know it's been a while since he's been on. He's been yeah. I know he's been dad- battling a couple of uh, things between per- in his personal life there, trying to get things are coming at him from all different ways right yeah. now so poor guy so, hurt his back yeah he's just had to step back a bit and... 
But uh, yeah. yeah, we need to we need to get together with that guy. We need to have a uh, have a work meeting, like yeah. we always talked about in the middle of uh, what was the river? Um, oh, up in the uh, up by um, Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Each of us paddle. We all paddle up the middle of the river, and but don't cross the border so they don't shoot us. Ah, what's a friendly <laughs> firefight amongst friends? <laughs> it's a work meeting. Leave us alone. <laughs> Well, we could prove it. <laughs> we have an agenda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meetings minutes. <laughs> and here comes the uh, here comes the bar cart and the donuts and <laughs> oh that yeah yeah once you throw bar and and donuts in there any cops are they're your buds oh, we're in yeah yeah, yeah, we're yeah. In. okay you guys are good you guys are good <laughs> so, yeah. do we have quorum <laughs> yeah there's enough people here bribing the border guards <laughs> with donuts. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to jail. <laughs> so I've uh, got one last thing here. Uh, and we're heading way back over to the other side of the planet again. To uh, India. Northern. Okay. Himalayan Adventure Challenge. HAC 21. In Rishikesh. Uh, serve okay. up a fest for fitness enthusiasts to ride, race, and raft right in the lap of Uttarakhand. We're talking, that's where they had the, that's uh, where that big, uh, landslides and earthquakes. And landslide glacier fell yeah. into the river and wiped out a bunch of bridges and hydroelectric projects. That's the on place. The that's the place. Uh-huh. Look at me remembering stuff. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so this, this thing happens every year uh, in December of all times. It accommodates mm-hmm. a range of participants from novice to seasoned adventurers. The triathlon tests your gift of in, uh, your grit and endurance across three formats. So they have three different lengths. The 10 kilometer is just an intro. Uh, so there's five kilometers of rafting and five kilometers of hiking. So that's like the, the beer belly guys that are sitting around the barbecue going, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> there's the 30 kilometer open, which is 16 kilometers of hiking and then 14 kilometers of rafting. Then there's the 65 kilometer zealot which is 30 kilometers of mountain biking, 21 kilometers of hiking, and 14 kilometers of rafting. Now, you got to remember, this is the Himalayan Adventure Challenge. So you can imagine <laughs> what the mountain biking in that is like. Yeah, so at first I was starting to think uh, the the Terry Fox around the 510 and 20K Terry Fox, and, you know, the, the annual thing, and was now starting to sound a little bit less than the Terry Fox run. Yeah, just a little bit different. <laughs> just, just a ditch. So the race is based on teams of four participants. Um, the 65-kilometer leg is, tor- is targeted towards elite uh, triathletes. 30 and 10 are for weekend athletes and beginners who are getting started on the fitness journey. And that's the whole thing. It's about fitness, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If you are someone for whom fitness is more than just a New Year's resolution, check out the 2022 calendar, they say. <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, a race is organized between December 11th and 12th this past year, 2021. It featured okay. a few noted athletic personalities. And speaking of the experience, Sanjay Negi, uh, India's elite obstacle course racing athlete and Spartan race winner, says, oh, Spartan race. Yeah. It's a premium adventure challenge that keeps your spirits up, especially after being hunkered down for close to two years. Yes. So, I mean, these guys are chomping year. at the bit to get out let's there. Let's get when it back outdoors. When you're that level, you want to be out there, right? So the guy that was actually writing the article actually participated in this thing. So he's part he's part of a of a team. And they they were in the 30 kilometer uh category, right? So he says a day before the race the participants chimed in to fill in their registration forms and collect cool race gear from the organizers. Just like every other other one, right? Yep. 
after the registration, guides took the participants through the trail. While the information on the hiking, biking parts was straightforward, there was a detailed orientation on paddling, as it's not every day that city dwellers raft in the Ganges River. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he says, dawned the D-Day. 5 a- D-Day. 5 a.m., the weather was 5 degrees Celsius. Participants were seen warming up as best they could. Uh, they had, so the 65 kilometer category starts and then the 30 kilometer starts an hour after that. And, uh, the train challenged, uh, when they were doing the running in that train challenged our spirits with hurdles that ranged from steep cliffs, rife with boulders to narrow, slippery downhills. We battled in nature alongside injuries and fatigues, a voice of purpose running in the back of our heads, helped us pick us up, move forward. So it's grueling, right? This is after a grueling yep. three-hour hike. Our team finished first. We got ready for the 14-kilometer raft down the mighty Ganges. And, yeah, like I say, if if you've never done this river before, you know, it's, it's totally uh, whoever is local definitely got the, uh, the, the upper hand in this one. Uh, with life jackets on and paddles in our hands, we set off for the next leg, paddling through swift currents and finding our rhythm. We headed forward. It all seemed great until the first rapid where violent waves. <laughs> that's always what it, we're having a great Dun-dun-dun. time until <laughs> all stories include that. It was great until uh, violent waves knocked us out of sync and we struggled right in the middle of the rapid paddling as hard as we could. We got ourselves out of the rapid and out of breath too. The competition was right on our tail and we didn't want to lose the lead we gained in the first leg. The guide patted So there's a guide with them, I guess. Patted our back and adrenaline kicked in. We firmed our grips on our paddles, started making our way out through the one rapid after another. Oodles of water gushed into the raft. And this is December. Oodles? oodles. They actually use the word oodles? They use the word oodles. O-O-D-L-E-S. Like noodles or zoodles without the first letter. Oh, I know how to spell it. I just wasn't expecting just, it. Just checking. <laughs> uh, we paddled harder and harder until we caught the glimpse of the finish line, mustering the final ounce of energy. We rode the raft through the finish line. One after the other, all teams trickled in, and the exacting race came to an end. So he's making it sound like he came in way early. Well, they came in like, near the beginning of the 30K yeah. portion. Yes. So, yeah, he wasn't in the uh, elite 65K no, group. definitely not. Uh, hmm. winner, winners were still unknown as the point system was set up in accordance with international marathons oh. where the individual race timing is adjusted for age and gender, and then it's added to the team's total time. So I guess that would be sort of like uh, uh, a handicap in golf. Okay, yep, yep. The older you are, yep. then you get a couple of minutes taken off or something that like that, right? Is that how it works? Is that? I don't know. That's that's the way I look at it. I thought handicaps was uh, to equalize the field for golf. The really good players were handicapped so that they could compete directly with the. Uh, well, this is a backwards handicap then. <laughs> An unhandicap? So this means yeah. you have as much chance as anyone else to win the race. Yeah. Right? So cool. it just makes Great it a, a level playing field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're not like, uh, hey, I finished it in an hour. Yeah, well, everybody else finished it in five or six minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, joy. <laughs> so the day the day ended with a gala dinner by the pool where the participants recounted their experience of the race, a uh, glint of achievement in their eyes, and the winners were also announced. So apparently they won the 30-kilometer event. What? Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. See, that's what he's saying. They made up that all that, that lead, uh, and they almost lost it in the in the rapids, right? Yeah. So they had a good guide. So apparently they had, uh, yeah, they had a good run. So in 2022, the race is going to be December 16th to 18th. And if you want to find out more about it, HAC 
race. So hack Himalaya adventure challenge race, uh, HACRace.com. You can go there and find out more, more about it. Every time you're, you, we, your, uh, microphone thingy wiggles, it sounds like you're eating, oh. a, taking a bite of a carrot. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to keep the microphone hovering, but sometimes it escapes me. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it, it just sounded like a carrot in my ear. So there's also <laughs> in June, they call it the tons edition. Okay. T O N S edition, June 16th to 19th, but it doesn't sound like they're as long, um, yeah. as this, but the, yeah, if you go to H A C race, dot com it'll you can find information on that one as well but that so this is great this is great information for all of our listeners in india they're going to enjoy listening and and being introduced to this uh, opportunity in their own country well you know who else um alan alan would do this (laughs) brad explore the back country he does those kind of triathlete races yes 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 so exactly brad needs to go over and do this yeah i don't know why he hasn't yet (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of people that do this kind of thing like i i've done a couple adventure races like this too uh the ones that i did were up in peterborough uh it, it, the name escapes me at this time but uh me and a buddy at work we competed uh, in the uh, in this adventure race up uh in peterborough area and so it's it's a lot of fun to like the one i did was uh the one we did was uh uh 10k canoe I think it was 10 or 15 K by mountain bike. And then like, uh, like five or eight K, uh, running trail running and stuff. So it was, uh, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't know. It's, it was interesting at the time. I don't think I could do it again today. I'm like in my fifties, but, uh, unless I, you know, I wanted to, you know, go out with, would, a, with a bang. <laughs> I would do the, the biking and the, the canoeing. Mm-hmm. My running days are long over. <laughs> but if we could substitute my something knees else, are shot <laughs> substitute something yeah. else for that like you yeah. you bike 10 kilometers and then you paddle 10 kilometers and then you chug 10 beers or something like that <laughs> i i could do that kind of triathlon there's isn't there a race in england where you run between pubs and oh there's the that one that you have to drink was it the 12 mile or the golden mile or something like that something like that there's you have to all drink these beer bars every mile or something yeah. yeah oh there's so many pubs you got to hit before the yeah, before yeah. the end all all yeah, in and one you have evening. to run yeah it's it's a timed race is you it really? have to drink beer and i think it's timed i'm pretty sure it is see that, i just grab a beer i'd run and drink at the same time <laughs> i'd be sure to win I'm hydrating. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody drinks a vodka cooler, is that considered like um high uh, test? High test, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what is it when they when the they take drugs uh when they're the athletes take drugs uh doping. Oh, doping. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they threw a vodka seltzer in there. He was doping. He was disqualified. <laughs> hey, this is a beer race. No vodka yeah. allowed. You're going <laughs> to fail the urine test. <laughs> uh, anyway, if this sort of thing is uh, up your alley, check out HACRace.com. Uh, they have a, a race in June and a race in December. And like I say, the uh, paddling the Ganges, if you've never done it, that'd, that I'm would sure be, that alone that would be amazing. Be, yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. And we've so. touched base on this a couple of times. We've talked about this on the on the podcast. It's it to be in that area uh, to be able to paddle some of these rivers. It would be it would be an honor and a privilege to to be able to experience it. Very cool for sure. Uh, last thing I got here, there are three items, uh, three events coming up. Yes, and so this reminds me. So uh, when when you talked about this earlier to me, it was like. Oh yeah, this is the time we that we're supposed to be talking about outdoor events and symposiums mm-hmm. and and it's like it's it's like strange now almost. It's like no, this is coming back. This is coming back. Yay. Well, we got three of them that are coming back. Yeah. Uh, the Quiet Adventure Symposium, which is one of our favorite ones. Uh it's yep. down is in Michigan. We've been going, well, we watched it virtually last year. We were there yeah. the year before. I think we went three times before yeah. we did virtual. Yeah. 
and then did the virtual. Uh, so it's going to be virtual again this year on March 1st. There'll be access to 20 plus online presentations. Uh, go to quietwatersociety.org to get all the info uh, on mm-hmm. that one. But uh, yeah, they have, you got all the, the regular guys there as well as a lot of um, different people, different speakers there, some pretty cool topics every year. Uh, and and unfortunately, with the virtual aspect of it, you can't check out all the rabbits at the... Uh, yeah, the rabbit because- show next door. Because every time the Quite Adventure Symposium happens, there's the uh, oh, I can't remember it, but it's uh, it's it's like you name it, it's every possible type of rabbit. Yeah, and uh, so that that I guess virtually you won't be, have that opportunity to look through the walls and say, oh, look at that rabbit. Yeah, unless somebody brings one. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they do. The, you know what? I bet they do the rabbit show virtually. Ah, include a link. So yeah, the Quiet Adventure Symposium, March first. Uh, it's virtual. Go online, get your tickets, uh, quietwatersociety.org. Uh, the next one is Canucopia in Madison, Wisconsin. They're doing both in person and virtual. Oh, okay. March 11th to 13th. So they're going to have, uh, you know, the live people, the live events, the live, um, booths and everything that you can go check out gear and presentations and stuff like that. Uh, I think I've almost gone to this like three times. Almost. Gone. I've been once. I almost went once, but I didn't. And then I did go <laughs> once and I almost ended up there a second time, but then, you know, everything got shut down. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're not heading out to this one, unfortunately, but rutabaga.com backslash canucopia or just Google canucopia. And you can get uh, more information yes. on their website yeah. as well. And again, March 11th to 13th. So that's coming up pretty fast. That's like a mm-hmm. month, month away. Month and a, oh, month it's coming and up a really week. quick, eh? Yeah. It's coming up really quick. Uh, and then the last one we have is a Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show. Right now they're saying it's going to be in person from April 29th to May 1st. So right, <laughs> at, the end of, right at the end of April there. Uh, yep. Yeah, their their website says right now we're aiming for in person, but yes. you never know what happens. All of a sudden, everything conditions change. Yeah. Conditions change. So, but uh, they're they're hoping to be have it in person so that everybody can go and check out the the gear and the different uh, um, speakers and stuff like that in person. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they're going to swing it into virtual if that changes, but we'll have to see yeah it's yeah i don't like i, I can see where so with, with all the speakers and stuff at quite adventure symposium and canucopia the way they do things i'm not sure they would translate as well for the toronto outdoor adventure show but it would be neat if they did I, i'm curious how popular that would be online if it was only online yeah so we'll we'll keep our eyes open on that one uh if you want more and information if, what about uh what about david bain isn't he doing nope virtually nope not doing it this year. Oh, they decided not to? Yeah. Okay. So the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, if you want more information, go to outdooradventureshow.ca. Uh, there's also, they also do them what, in Vancouver, Calgary, and I want to say Ottawa. Ottawa. Do they do well, it Well, you've gone to the Ottawa one, but then they skipped two years. Because no, they... no, that was a different one. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was a totally different show. Um, oh, Okay. But yeah, they, they do this in, in a couple different spots, but outdooradventureshow.ca and you can find out more information on, on the, the one in Toronto as well. Uh, David Bain, yeah, they, they decided they're not going to do virtual. I guess it just didn't come off as well as they had hoped it would, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, it's trying to get everything all set up, sorted and everything. It just, I think, I think it was just more hassle than it seemed to be worth. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, so the emails I've been getting must be for the Quiet Adventure Symposium then. I've been ignoring them because I, I'm too busy now to think about stuff like that. But, well, uh, I don't know which emails you've been getting, so I couldn't agree or disagree. <laughs> looking right now. <laughs> I have not gotten any about the uh, Canoe Symposium. Hmm. Anyway, did they, did they something's me? going out there. Somebody's emailing me about something. So- <laughs> <laughs> Does it have something to do I'm with sure a prince a from Nigeria that's looking to get his money out of the country? 
Oh, I like to give those guys lots of money. They're, yeah, they just, work just very click hard. say yes. Here's my here's all my information that you can send it, <laughs> send it to. Trust me. Yes. Trust me. <laughs> uh, other than that, that's all we got. That's that's. It, I man. don't have anything to add. You did all the research this week. See, I uh, I was that, just man. a uh, hanger runner. I was just a passenger on this one. You're just hanging out and living life to your fullest, <laughs> while the rest of us are actually doing things. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you got nothing to add? I do not have. <sighs> Alan, I, I, Alan I, would I have. contributed very little. Alan, yes, Alan would, would have. have. We'd like to thank <laughs> Alan for his information. Uh, even though he wasn't part of the show this evening, he was part of the show. <laughs> he did support us. And, and In if, a key and crucial way. If you, if you weren't about armed officers, if you weren't doing this remote this <laughs> evening, then we would have had Alan call in. Alan would have been break. on my fault. My yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. Down with Derek. Boo. <laughs> 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 All right. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the episodes page at Paddling Adventures Radio and listen to our all our episodes there. Uh, for those that have been following the um, Spotify um, situation, we will not be pulling our podcasts uh, <laughs> from, from Spotify. <laughs> no. Sorry, I had to throw that no, in no, there. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your family, friends, uh, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time.